In this comic book is a love story, a boy and girl in love. They get married, and after an offensively lurid description, illustrated, of course, of the couple's wedding night, the book shows how the bride murders her husband by chopping his head off with an axe. effect of these comic books on the children. Uh, all of our testimony from psychiatrists and uh, children themselves uh, show that it's uh, very upsetting, that it has a bad moral effect, and that it is directly responsible for a substantial amount of juvenile delinquency and child crime. Hello again, friends and fans of freaky, frightening, far-out, and fantastic funnies. Welcome back to Four Color Fear, the podcast that dissects and inspects horror comics. Bob here, your cast keeper and curator of the 4CF Vault. This is episode 28, where we will take a look at Weird Mystery Tales number 12, published by DC in 1974. Now, way back in episode number three, we took a look at Secrets of Haunted House number 27, also published by DC. And the host of our featured story in that episode is one of the hosts of this magazine. His name happens to be Destiny. He's one of my favorite horror hosts, for reasons which I'll get into a little bit later. So we'll talk about Weird Mystery Tales, the host Destiny, and in particular, issue number 12 when I get back. So stick around. This is the story of the Freakies and their perilous search for a home. The leader of the Freakies was the fearless Boss Moss. Whenever the Freakies had a problem, they ran to Boss Moss. We're afraid. I understand exactly how you feel. He never solved the problem, but he was always understanding. At last, they came upon a wonderful tree favorite cereal, Freaky. Oh, happy day. Every morning, the cereal would ripen in the sun, becoming toasty and sugary and golden with vitamins. But are you giving us something? And they knew they had found a home. <laughs> oh! Mmm, wonderful potatoes are like here. Freaky's is part of a good breakfast, and you get a free Freaky magnet in specially marked boxes. Genre fans should recognize that voice narrating that Saturday morning staple commercial, which of course was from 1974, the same year as our featured comic Weird Mystery Tales number 12. Now before we get into Weird Mystery Tales, a little bit more about Destiny. If you haven't noticed already, I'm a big fan of this horror host, and he's quite often overlooked. And the reasons, there's and there's several reasons. Uh, one, created by Marv Wolfman and Bernie Wrightson. You can't go wrong there. Appeared first in Weird Mystery Tales number one. He was the featured host for that comic. He would eventually start sharing those hosting duties with Eve, another DC horror host. And Eve would eventually take over the magazine by issue number 15, with Destiny moving on to Secrets of Haunted House, which we have discussed in the past a few times. But the thing about him that I like the most is his appearance. Like I had said before back in episode 3, he is not your typical horror comic book host. This guy is not witty. 
He's very grim. He's all business. And that's okay. You know, he's in this long robe. He's hooded. And he carries this book. And he tells us in Weird Mystery Tales number one that he has been tasked with recording man's folly in this book. He calls it the Cosmic Log. Sometimes it's referred to as the Book of Destiny. But this book is chained to him. You know, giving the impression that he is burdened with this task. And it's just a real interesting look. Okay, enough about Destiny. Weird Mystery Tales was a horror anthology comic published by DC for 24 issues from July-August 1972 until November 1975. Its numbering was 1 through 24. And it got its title, Weird Mystery Tales, due to the popularity of a few other DC mystery titles, those being Weird War Tales and Weird Western Tales. But unfortunately, it only lasted for 24 issues. Weird Mystery Tales number 12 has a cover date of June-July 1974 and a cover price of 20 cents. And the cover layout is typical for a horror title. At the top, we get a tagline saying, You'll find your fearsome fate lurking in Weird Mystery Tales. And Weird Mystery Tales is presented in a stylized logo font. Upper left-hand corner, we get my all-time favorite DC imprint, the line of DC superstars. Upper right corner, we are informed that it's still only 20 cents. On the left-hand side of Weird Mystery Tales, we get a cameo of Destiny. On the right, we get a cameo of Eve and her pet crow, who is called Edgar Allen. And the artwork for the cover, we see a man and an and an elderly woman having a conversation and the man says to the woman Jason's been dead for 30 years you can't go on living like this all alone but I'm not alone the woman says and she's sitting in a wheelchair and doing some sort of needlepoint work but in the foreground in a darkened room we get a corpse sitting in a chair and he's covered with cobwebs so this must be the Jason that they're talking about uh, just a very nicely drawn and composed cover by Luis Dominguez. And, of course, we also get the approved by the Comics Code Authority seal. So, as you know, the writers and artists were limited and their hands were tied in this issue. So we'll see what we see when we get inside. Speaking of which, inside the book, Weird Mystery Tales has 36 pages with three comic stories and no text story. The first comic story, To Sleep, Perchance to Die concerns a man who is haunted by a strangely eerie killer in his dreams. That's followed by the cover story, Till Death Do Us Part, where a woman remains faithful to her abusive husband all the way till the end, and then some. And closing out the book is the story called Time Plug, where a settler is granted immortality and a magical village from his Native American friend. So there's a brief synopsis of the stories in Weird Mystery Tales number 12. When I get back, we'll get into our featured story. I'll see you on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, for the next few moments, you will be witnessing scenes from a new motion picture starring Vincent Price, master of the macabre. To those among you who are easily frightened, we suggest you turn away now. To those of you who think they can take it, we say, Welcome to the Madhouse. Perhaps it was inevitable. For years, this man has played the role of Dr. Death. 
has pretended to be a hideous, murdering monster. No! Now, at last, he has actually become one. American International presents Vincent Price in Madhouse, where lunacy lives. All I ever got was a stake through the heart. Tonight, I would like you to meet my next victim. Fear lurks. Evil walks. And death waits. Death is the name of a doctor you've met. Stop it! Madhouse, a cinematic shock treatment. Guaranteed to scare you out of your mind. No one ever leaves Madhouse. Easily my favorite Vincent Price film, although I'm a big fan of the Dr. Fibes movies as well. I know my friend Anthony over at TVTerrorShow.com is a big Dr. Fibes fan, particularly the first movie. And speaking of TV Terror Show, uh, his recent episode covers the final episode of the television program, McLeod. He has his brother on as a guest, and they punch a lot of nostalgic buttons for me. It's a great episode, as all of his episodes are. Well worth checking out, and you can do that by going over to TVTerrorShow.com. Okay, our featured story for Weird Mystery Tales number 12 was a toss-up between the first two stories. The third story, written by Steve Skeets, who I am a huge fan of, uh, was surprisingly disappointing, so it came down to the first two. Me being a big fan of Destiny, of course I picked the story that he hosts, and that is called To Sleep, Perchance to Die. Creator credits for this story, we have a script by Jack Olick. Now, he was Joe Simon's brother-in-law. He worked for Simon and Kirby at their studio, also did work for EC in the pre-code days, stepped away from comic book writing, and concentrated on novels, returning to comic books in the 70s, did a lot of work for DC, particularly on their horror titles. We have Pencils and Inks by Abe Ocampo, a Filipino artist, part of the Philippine wave in the 70s, where the comic book publishers recruited a lot of talent from the Philippines. He was one of those guys did a lot of work at DC, also particularly on their horror titles. Oh, and also Jack Olick, along with being a comic book script writer, I mentioned he wrote novels. Well, he also did the two novelizations for the Amicus movies, Tales from the Crypt and The Vault of Horror, which we've talked about before, and boy, would I love to get my hands on those. Okay, so on this first page of the story, in the upper left corner, we get our pal Destiny. He has the cosmic log open, and he's going to tell us about one of man's follies that he has recorded in there. And he says, Who, what, was the bloodthirsty beast that walked in Sawyer's nightmares? How could he rest knowing that one night it might turn on him? How could he close his eyes when to do so meant to sleep perchance to die? And I'd like to mention that on this first page, we do get creator credits. And that's always a good thing to see. As mentioned earlier, script by Jack Olick, art by Abe Ocampo. And this title is, or excuse me, this story is edited by Joe Orlando, who we've mentioned quite a bit, especially recently. 
And that's no surprise because he is a legend. But on with the story. Questions, questions always men seek to know, to understand. And so it was with Charles Sawyer. But at the beginning he did not know that some questions are best left unanswered. And we see this guy who is uh, Charles Sawyer uh, retreating from some sort of ghoulish looking monster. He says, murderer, what do you want from me? Why do you haunt my dreams? Tell me before I go mad. Tell me, who are you? No, get back. You mean to kill me, don't you? Why? But why? Why can't you leave me in peace? Get away. Don't touch me. Get away. And we hear a voice. Mr. Sawyer, it's all right. Wake up. You're safe. Wake up. And we see that Sawyer is in a doctor's office. And he says, safe, but the beast, the, what happened? What is this place? And his wife comes in through the door into this room. Charles, I heard you scream. Are you all right? Angela, what, what am I doing here? This man, who is he? Easy, Mr. Sawyer, easy. I'm Dr. Evans, your psychiatrist. I put you under hypnosis, don't you remember? Hypnosis? Yes, I, I remember, but the beast, I, I saw it again. Just as I do in my dreams, Doctor, what is it? I wish I knew, Mr. Sawyer, but I don't. I thought I might get a clue while you were under, but you don't? Then you can't help me. The dream will just go on and on until the beast kills me too. I knew it. No one can help me. And his wife says, no, Charles, don't say that. Dr. Evans can't perform miracles, but he'll do his best. The doctor responds, your wife's right, Mr. Sawyer. I can't promise miracles, but I think I can rid you of this nightmare in time. Time? I don't have any time. I've got to know who that, that monster is, then maybe I can beat it. And they start to walk out of the office, and Sawyer goes on, you don't understand, night after night, seeing that monster. It's driving me mad, and you talk of time. I should have never come to you. His wife follows him out, saying, Charles, no, don't go. Dr. Evans is, only, is your only hope. Be sensible. And Destiny cuts in. Be sensible? On that last day at the psychiatrist's office, Charles Sawyer was a man on the edge of madness. A man possessed. So who could blame him later if he was less than sensible? And we now see we are in the Sawyer household. Uh, Charles is sitting on the couch. He's distraught, bent over. His, his elbows are on his knees. His hands are uh, going through his hair. And uh, his wife says, Charles, please, I know how you're suffering, but you can't beat this thing alone. You've got to go back to Dr. Evans. For what? I need answers, not sympathy, you fool. You're just like him. You don't understand either. So we can see that Charles is really on edge here. He goes on to say, there's got to be a way to get rid of that horror, and I've got to find it on my own. No one can help me, so leave me alone. Who could blame Sawyer if he snarled at the woman who loved him? How could she even guess the agony that he suffered again that night? And we see Sawyer sleeping, and he's tossing and turning. No, dear God, no, not again, not you again. But it, it's always you, it's always you killing, destroying you, and we can see this murderer beast uh, has his hands around someone's throat. We really can't tell who it is, and the monster starts to approach Sawyer. Sawyer saying, no, don't come any closer. No, don't. And he screams, and his wife is next to him. Charles, Charles, wake up. It's all right. Wake up. Angela, the beast. I saw it again, and it was horrible. It... I know, darling. I know. But if you'd only listen to me, Charles, you need to go back to the doctor. Go back to Dr. Evans, please. No. No doctor can keep me from dreaming. 
but there is a way. If I don't sleep, I can't dream. And that kind of reminds me of uh, an early Twilight Zone episode. Uh, the title is evading me at the moment, but early in the first season, there was an episode where this guy was uh, avoiding going to sleep because he was going to die. Uh, but anyway, Angela, his wife, says, but you can't stay awake forever, Charles. Stop and think. I have. What do you know about it? You don't suffer like I do. You aren't afraid. You go to sleep. But I'm staying awake. I'll never sleep again. Never. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of self-pity going on here with Charles. And he is distraught. And Destiny cuts in again. We And before I say that, we get this really neat montage of Charles, Mr. Sawyer, and his, uh, his facial features changing as Destiny says, Never? How surely Charles Sawyer spoke that word. But no man can escape what must be. His nights were endless. And we see in this picture he is just becoming emaciated he's uh he's changed he was sort of uh i would say i wouldn't say portly but a well-fed man and now he's uh he's apparently lost a lot of weight and destiny goes on night after night he stared into the darkness he grew pale emaciated and in time and we see him leaving for work and you can see his clothes are now just hanging off of him his cheeks are drawn he has dark circles around his eyes and his wife says, Charles, where are you going? You can't go to work without your breakfast. It's all ready. I don't want any breakfast. And she goes on, but you've got to eat. You can't go without sleep and without food, too. You've got to keep up your strength. And he turns around and takes a swipe at her. Thank goodness he misses and says, I've got to keep my sanity. I told you I don't want any breakfast. Stop hounding me. And he goes out the door. Destiny tells us in time, his agony made him indifferent, even to his wife. But there were those who knew nothing of his suffering, who felt no pity. And we see that he's in his boss's office at work, and Sawyer says, Fired? I'm fired? I'm afraid so, Sawyer. I don't know what's happened to you, but you've changed. Become inefficient. I'm sorry, but you've left me no choice. If only Sawyer had listened to his wife, then who knows what might have happened. He might even have been saved, but he was beyond listening. And we see he's back at home, and he's, and he's striking his fist against the dining room table and says, No, for the last time, no, I'm not going back to Dr. Evans. But you must, Charles. You look at you, you're ill, and now we won't even have your paycheck. Money, money, that's all you care about, isn't it? It isn't me you're really worried about, is it? You're selfish, petty. That isn't true, Charles. I love you. That's why I want you to go back to Dr. Evans. Don't you see? You said it yourself. You've got to know what that, that beast is. It's your only hope. And Dr. Evans is the only one who can help you. I'll help myself. If I don't sleep, the beast can't touch me. And sooner or later, I will figure out who he is. Until then, mind your own business. Poor Sawyer. He was almost at the end of his rope. Then, and he's lying in bed, and I guess nature catches up with him, and he says, I mustn't sleep, got to stay awake, think and he fades off into sleep. He tried desperately not to sleep, but the human body can only endure so much. And we see the monster killer approaching Sawyer in his dream. Sawyer saying, no, please, no. For one last time, the monster reached out for him. One last time, he screamed, and his wife, Angela, turns on the light, Charles, when he had calmed down at last. It was not as it had been the other times. This time there was no one to soothe his fears, because we see Angela going to the closet, and Sawyer says, Angela, what are you doing? 
and we see that she's getting a suitcase out of the closet. I'm going to pack, Charles. I'm going to leave you. I've stood all I can. Now it's up to you. Charles, I beg you to go back to Dr. Evans. If you don't, something terrible will happen to you. I know it. I don't want to leave, but... But? But I will if that's the only way to make you see Dr. Evans again. If you don't, I'll leave you, I swear. You'd do that? You'd leave me just when I needed you the most? You traitor! I should have known. All this time you were pretending, lying, looking for an excuse, and, and now you have it, don't you? No, I tried to help you. I help me? You hate me, just as the monster hates me, but I'll beat him, and I'll pay you back too. You'll never leave me. Charles, no, don't. You don't know what you're doing. Don't. And we get a pretty interesting composition in this panel here. We're seeing things from Sawyer's perspective, and we see his hands reaching out for his wife Angela's neck. And Destiny says, the pity of it. Only one person on Earth really cared what happened, and his clawed hands reached for that person's throat. And he says, you'll you'll never leave me, never. And we see Angela fade out of the panel as Sawyer is choking her. It took only moments. A woman died, and a man looked up from the horrible thing he had done and froze. You, it's you, but I'm, I'm awake, and you can't harm me. While I'm awake, you're just a dream, a phantom devil who are you and we see Sawyer running towards something this time I won't run from you once and for all I've got to know no matter what it cost who are you tell me tell me no matter what it cost ah the blindness of men just for a moment Sawyer shouted his defiance for a moment and then no it can't be it can't be and we see Sawyer recoiling from something And in this final panel, we get our pal Destiny again. Cosmic Book is now closed and under his arm. And he says, then he stood paralyzed because he had the answer to his question at last. And some questions are best left unanswered. And we see in this final panel, poor Angela lying on the floor dead and Sawyer looking into a full-size mirror that's in their bedroom. And he sees himself, this killer monster who has been haunting his dreams and that is how our story ends okay not a bad story uh it was sort of uh, telegraphed earlier on as you can see sawyer um his physical condition deteriorating he was starting to look more and more like this monster that was in his dreams but you really had to look for that and i thought it was a clever plot device um no morality tale here just a little slight twist ending that you probably saw coming anyway uh, the artwork, Mr. Campo's artwork, very serviceable. Uh, he uses a lot of tight lines, which I tend to favor. Uh, typical color palette, some really nice shading with uh, mood uh, hues of different colors that you see a lot, especially in these horror titles. Uh, overall, a decent story and some great artwork. So that's going to do it for our featured story, To Sleep, Perchance to Die, from Weird Mystery Tales number 12. Now, for the next episode, um, we're going to energize the random comic generator, but I have done some modifications to it recently, and uh, I'm able to narrow the search fields a little bit. And I've been thinking lately, you know, we've covered EC several times, uh, and they, of course, are, you know, the best known of the pre-code horror comic publishers. 
Uh, but there's another one who I would argue was often more shocking than EC, and that would be Harvey. Now, we did cover one Harvey title, um, Chamber of Chills number 7, I believe it was. Uh, but I thought, you know, maybe we'll do another Harvey title. Well, how can I make the comic generator force me to give us a Harvey title? Well, I did some modifications, added a few potentiometers, and uh, so I can narrow it down to publisher or actually title if I want to. But we're gonna we're gonna make some adjustments here and um, select Harvey. So we'll see what it kicks back from comic publisher Harvey Comics. And you know, that's the same people that brought you Casper the Friendly Ghost and Richie Rich and those kind of characters, but they did have a, a four-comic horror line in the pre-code days in the 50s. So let's see what happens. I'll give, uh, I've made the adjustments, and I'll give the toggle switch a flip. I'm kind of interested to see what we get. Okay, for our next episode, we're going to take a look at Black Cat Mystery, number 39, published by Harvey Comics in 1952. I'm not sure what's in this one. I've never looked at it before, and it's uh, full disclosure, this is one of the um, pre-code public domain scans that I have. All right, so that's going to do it for this episode. I'd like to thank you for listening. If you'd like to get in touch with me, you can always do that by dropping an email to fourcolorfear at gmail.com. You can visit the blog, fourcolorfear.blogspot.com. There is an RSS feed there. You can subscribe to it if you feel so inclined. The Facebook group is out there. Just search for Four Color Fear on Facebook. And remember, Four Color Fear is always spelled the number four, C-O-L-O-R-F-E-A-R. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you soon. Bye-bye. It's on the floor Shade went to the kitchen for a bite. Rolled up the shade, turned off the light. I jumped back into bed, it was the middle of the night. The clock downstairs was striking four. Couldn't get you off the mind. I heard the milkman at the door.
，爸爸。<笑>